And sometimes we think it's dependent on our moods and situations. But if you want the situation to change, then you don't ever change. You keep worshiping and God will keep performing. So I, I, I want, I believe that God is going to break down the wall of Jericho that's been sitting in this ministry. So that we can truly go in and experience him like never before. So this month, you guys ready for the word of God? All right, the Lord didn't give me very much today, okay? I studied, he dropped it in, but I don't know what he's going to do right now. But God gave me a word to start us off with, and we're going to meditate on this, determined to worship. All right? This is the word of God that he's given us, our theme scripture this month. Everybody focused on the word. All right, let's get focused on it. It's on the wall. Get focused on the word and don't take your eyes off of the word, never. Stay focused on the word. You ready? Let's read it together. But the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Amen. Jesus is the truth. The Father has given us his spirit. And we will worship in spirit. And in true. I want to begin the teaching from the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter number 22. When you found it, shout amen. We're going to begin at verse number one. Reason why I said shout, because I want you to be excited about God's word. Mm-hmm. You get you get excited when your favorite team score a touchdown. And I know how they get at those games, so you can get excited about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he is. He's touching down again. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I really, I, this message is really laboring in my spirit um, because I know when we come into the oneness in which he's called us to, that we will begin to affect change in this world like never before. You have to understand the power of coming together and doing it together. And when you can praise God together, while you're praising here, he's destroying enemies everywhere. Amen. Everywhere. 
Your praise and wor worship is your weapon. Amen. That's why the enemy tries to hush you. He could, because he knows as you begin to thank God from the depths of your spirit, God is coming down and whooping him in every area that he's attacked you in. That's why he says, I want the worshiper to worship me in spirit. In order to worship God in spirit, you're going to have to believe God. Hallelujah. All right. I was getting ahead of myself. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for this opportunity to feast at your table. We ask, Lord, that you would come in such a mighty way that you would reveal to us a greater truth about worship. Lord, help us to be the determined worshipers. We know, God, that you predetermined it. Now help us to step in and do our part and be the determination you've called us to be. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And we ask you now to come and speak to our hearts. Change us. Rearrange us. Make us to be all that you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Sister Barbara, if you would, could you give me a cup of water, please? I've left my water on my desk. <clears throat> All right, beginning with verse number one. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abram, Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son. Isaac whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abram rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the offer, burnt of offerings and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abram lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you so Abram took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together but Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son. 
God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, somebody say, but. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and, and, and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. That's Jehovah Jireh. And it, and it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessings, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Man. That's some good stuff. Verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Wow. Verse 18 said, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. It said we're blessed because of what he did. Wait, we were a long way off, but because of one man's obedience, we became blessed. Amen. Huh? Because of one man. The good, the good news is God chose Abraham, God equipped Abraham, God prepared Abraham, God chose you, God equipped you, God prepared you. For all that you're going through right now, God is all you need. I want to go back to 
verse number five, because that's where <clears throat> we're going to list, lift today's message out of. Verse number five says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And then like the Terminator, he said, we will come back to you. Amen. That's what I call determined worship. Amen. Give somebody high five and say, be determined to worship. I, I looked up the word worship, and I want, I want you, I want to read the four um, descriptions of worship as it relates um, to the definition of worship. It says, number one, respect or reverence paid to a divine being or supernatural power respect or reverence paid to a divine being. Got it? Number two, to regard with, to be great in reverence and extravagance. Number three, a form of religious practice. Number four, respect for, admiration for, esteem of, devotion to an object or a thing or a person. Thereby, you see, number four deals with idol worship because there is a such thing as idol worship. Then there's the thing called religious practice, and worship is not about singing a song, okay? Worship deals with number one and number two, really the respect and admiration and reverence for divine power, which is our God. Which means that worship is more than singing. Worship is a lifestyle. And so your actions should be a worship unto God. In all that you do, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. Because he calls. For worship. He did not save you, give you his spirit. That means he equipped you with every spiritual blessing and has given you everything you need for godly living. God did that already. 
And so, if he has given you everything you need, you should be using everything he gave you. The issue becomes you want to use you and your thoughts and your tainted imagination to please you rather than to please him. Thereby, your day consists of your desires instead of his desires. Sometimes you don't even intend to do it. You just mess up and do it because you've been practicing that for a very long time. God says, stop practicing that and start practicing this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will, I will, and be glad regardless of what's going on in your life. It does not change who your divine headship is. He is everything. The creator, the majesty, all-powerful, the most giving and loving, the God who knows everything, and the God who has given you everything. Well, I want to give you some promises today that I believe is going to help you. When I looked at Abraham, who had waited a hundred years to get his son, I get it. I had to wait 50 to get mine. I get it. He must have wanted his son. He wanted his son. And he wasn't getting his son. And his wife said, well, lay down with the other woman. She'll give you one. I can't give you one. I'm getting too old. So he, he lays down with her and they birth a child, but he wasn't the one. God had promised him that he would give them a child. Sarah was 99. Said this stuff ain't working right no more. Need some help. But when God makes a promise, it don't matter what the circumstances look like. Because he takes hopeless and makes it hopeful. And if you don't have a hopeless situation, then where could he show up? 
I'm going to give you some hope today. The only reason why it looks all messed up is so God can show up. And if you want God to show up, you ought to start thanking him right now so he can hurry up and come into your situation. Because when you, be- oh goodness, when you start thanking him, that's telling him that you already believe that you have received. He makes a promise to Abraham, and I I believe, I believe, because I'm trying to use my spiritual imagination, I believe that Abraham had to be tripping. I I really do, because I love God, and, you know, God told me, hey, 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 Felix, uh, give up our money. God, uh, come help me. Now, 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 the thing is, I would always ask God for help because if you notice, there's no way that Abraham would have been able to do what he was going to do unless the spirit of God was moving him. Amen. And God won't move you into nothing he's not going to bless you in. Oh. Ah. Somebody said that was good. And so we get in these places. Sometimes it's work, and we start complaining about where we are. Sometimes it's unemployed, not you don't have no work, and you're complaining about that, and then you get the job, and the one you prayed for too, and you complain about that. If that wasn't enough, the woman of your dream. You get her, and you're complaining about that. And then, here he is, Mr. Wonderful. You got him. He's all that. Now you're complaining about that. I want to take a survey. Did your complaining help your situation? Anytime you complain about what God is up to in your life, you are holding God back from performing in your hopeless situation. But this man, Abraham, had heard the voice of God and he had listened to God. Abram. Get out from your country. Leave. Just go. But I'm comfortable, God. He didn't say none of that. He went. And while he was on his journey, God was with him. And wherever he went, he was blessed. Whenever God is with you, wherever you go, you will be blessed. If it looks like a mess, start thanking him because he's going to show up. And make your mess become blessed. That is what he does. And that's all that he does. God promised the blessings upon you. Because of what Abraham did. Abraham. Hears now. He has his son. And he's training him. To love the Lord. He's taking him to the mountain. Teaching him how to sacrifice. And how to worship God. 
peace, trading his child in the way that he should go. The child knew where they were going. He knew that they were going to worship. He knew that there was going to be a sacrifice. His child knew that his life was all about God. Isaac knew because his daddy was training him to know who God was. So then God says, go and take your son and I want you to offer him to me. And Abraham said, all right, let me go. And he packed up his wood and he packed up his knife as usual. I, I would think one or three things. Because he, he goes, he tells the, the two men, you guys stay here. Me and the lad, we have to go yonder. In other words, you can only come so far. When it's time for me to worship God, I can only take what's sanctified with me. Oh, goodness. Uh, you, you, you can't, you, everybody can't go into your place of worship. Look, they may be able to get there later, but if they're not with you, you got to go yonder all by yourself and worship God. Because if you go and God will bless whatever else needs to come with you, so the next time you will all be able to go. But sometimes you got to go yonder all by yourself. He, he goes and Abraham tells the men, you guys can't go stay here. Now, this is the part that got me. God told him to take your son and sacrifice. He tells the men, men, the boy going to go yonder and worship. So when he says worship, that changes everything. Because worship changes everything. So then when he worshiped, he, he, listen, he said we're going to worship. Because he was in the spirit of worship, the next things out of his mouth was based on what he truly believed. See, the devil will serve you up all kind of stuff to make you believe anything. Oh, it'll never work. Oh, they are very oh. No, God can fix anything. And when he said, we're going to worship, he says these words, he says, and we will. Come back. He didn't say we might come back. He said we will come back because the spirit of the Lord said he was going to teach him something. He was going to test him. The spirit of the Lord came to him and said, I'm going to test you. It didn't mean it was a pass or fail test. It meant I'm going to prove you. I'm going to make you like me through this trial. I'm going to make you trust me. I'm going to make you see where my word really stands. And when I make you a promise, my promise has to stand. 
Abraham said worship and we'll be back because he remembered that God said, I'm going to give you a child and out of your child shall all the descendants be. And he remembered what God said from the beginning. If you remember what God said from the beginning, no matter how much hell breaks out in your life, you know that God, God will see you through. When I first, the first time I read the text, I couldn't get the revelation. I had to read it real slow because I was tripping. See, sometimes God to have you read the word and make you, God, how would you do such a thing? I was, God, you're going to have to help me. And he, look what, look what, he, look why he said it. And I, I was thinking, I said, either, first time I read it, I said, okay, either Abraham is just talking and a little crazy and wanting the people to believe he's crazy. Uh, or he was saying it, didn't mean it. Or his relationship was so with God that he already knew that God was going to make a way out of no way. And so we're going to stick to number three. Because that's what he did. He said, we're going to worship. And after the worship, we're coming back. It wasn't before the worship. What am I saying? Worship will change things. When you begin to worship, it not only changes things, it changes you. And so, I seen a man who was doing three things. God told him to go. He was determined that he was going to go. God told him to worship. He was determined that he was going to worship. In that one verse, you see him determined to go. You see him determined to worship. And you see him determined to return. No matter what you've been through, no matter who said anything about you, you could tell them it may look like a setback, but I'm on Comeback Avenue and I will be back. No matter what, you can do what you want to me. You can say what you want about me, but it won't change who God said I am. I will. Oh, goodness. I will be back. Determine. Determine. I told you I was going to give you a couple things. Number three. Number, number one. Number one. A couple things I want to give you. Number one, you got to believe. In order to help you believe, David, I want you to put Acts 1 and 8 on the board because you have to know that you've been empowered to believe. Your belief system is not up to your mind. You can fight it with your mind all you want to. But sooner or later, you're going to mess up and believe God. But you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Breaking news. When you say, yes, Lord, 
you receive Jesus, you receive power. So now you have power because the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In this particular text, they were meeting in the upper room for 50 days. Why? Because they weren't worshiping together. It took them 49 and a half days to get on one accord. That's why I'm telling you that we need to be a church of corporate worship. And if you can yell and scream and say rah, rah at a football, basketball or baseball game, you can come into the church house and give God a praise for being a victory over everything in your life. Said so you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the other parts of the world. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become so valuable that I'll move you any and everywhere to make a difference. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of difference? A spiritual difference. Can God trust you? To go into a mess and make it a message. Huh? God, God says, when you, re- you receive power, say, I got the power. You have the power by the spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And you've been empowered through his spirit so that you can accomplish all things right here on earth. Shout, I believe it. Now, if you have the power, power will keep you going. If you don't have power, if you don't believe you have it, you will stay still and stagnant. But when you know you got the power to make a difference, you jump in there and make a difference. I want to talk to the mothers in the house who are raising children and the children don't want to line up. Mama say, I got this. Mama hop right in there because she knows she got the power to bring change to the situation. Well, here's breaking news. You got the power from your daddy upstairs that you can come into any situation and make change happen. But in order to do that, you've got to believe that you have it. I I don't think I'll catch any mother that's here today just to sit down and say, well, children ain't doing this, but I don't know. Just let them do what they're going to do. They just could take over the whole house. Yeah, 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 yeah. the women talk about that will never happen up in here. And you have that power that's in you, the spiritual power, so that whatever's going wrong, you can believe it back right. You can stand in it until it becomes right. Hey, what you standing there for? Because I'm standing still until I see the salvation of the Lord. Because he gave me the power to stand. And after doing all to stand, I'll stand there. You realize you just stand? The one you've been complaining to, be like, 
Oh, I did it again. You ain't complaining? Let me tell you something about that. When you complain about it, and the people say they get used to you complaining, they're waiting for the complaint. Because complaining gives them access to keep on doing it. Let me say that again so I could sort of pronounce benediction on the complainers. Complaining gives them permission, access to keep on doing wrong. But when you stand still and say, oh, no, the power of God is bringing change here. I'm not talking about you no more. I'm believing for you. When you attach your belief system, the power of God just moves out and starts working. Say, I got the power. power. All right. Uh, Just in case there's a couple of you that didn't get it, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Say, I got the power. But we have, let's read it together. But we have this treasure. Wait, wait, wait. Which is money and gold. Huh? Okay, it ain't money. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the. This power that's in you is fully operated by God. Fully. Somebody say fully. So when you get in it and put your thoughts in it and say how you want it to work out, God's not going to let you operate him. He operates you. So God will strengthen you to endure whatever you're going through while you're going through it so that you will be a bright light unto whoever you're going through it with. God is going to work it out for you. It has already been completed. It's done. He just needs you to believe it's done. Then he can move you to what's already done, but you've been standing still waiting for it to be done, but it's already done. And so you're talking about something that's already done, but you're still talking about how it's not done, but it's already done. And if you hush your mouth and start thanking God for already doing it, he will move it to being done. If you ever want God to move in your favor, start thanking him. I guarantee you'll see results. It says the excellence of his power is of him and not of us. Say I'm determined to trust God. Mm-hmm. He'll do it. So if God will do it and you know he'll do it. And you know he's already set it up already. And he's taking you to it. What do you want to tell him? Can we just have a Thanksgiving party for about 10 seconds? Thank you, Lord. 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 Let the thoughts out of your mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let them go. Let them go. Thank you, Lord. 
Hey, God, we thank you. He, he, Abram knew that God was all powerful. He knew that God was everything. Abraham knew that God was all that he needed. When you get the God that meets your needs, did he say, I'll meet your needs? If you get him, see, that's the thing. Oh, I, I need this and I need that. No, you don't. You need God. And when you get God, he will usher you to whatever else you need. We keep crying out, I need this and I need that and I need. No, you don't. God wants you to admit you need him. Abraham, Abraham knew that's why he was so determined because he had God. God wasn't going to let him down. He gave him a promise. God gave you a promise. God told you that you would receive all power when the spirit came upon you. So you have it already. The second thing he tells you is in John 10 and 10. He says, he starts this off. He says it this way. He says, a thief come to kill, to steal, and destroy. I love it the way he starts it off. The reason why he starts it off is because he wants us to not talk about the thief. Let me address this joker right here and right now and get it out of the way. Because I don't want to talk about, I don't want you talking about what you lost. I want you to talk about what you got. Because when you talk about what you lost, you talk about the thief. Ah. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Uh, a thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And I talked to you guys last month about how he, he uses the airway because he's the prince of the air, so he tries to get in your mind and give you all these crazy thoughts. And so he's trying to get steal from you. But the spirit of the Lord is in your heart. And when you look more into the spirit and what the spirit has said, the spirit says you have power. You have power to send those thoughts out of your mind. You can serve eviction notice on every wrong thought that comes in your mind. And you don't have to give them three days. Evict immediately. Delete. And so, and so he, he, he's, Abram is, is, is so uh, captivated in God that he, he realizes that he has this power in God and not in himself. Then, then Jesus says, Jesus says I, I, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, but I. But Jesus, someone said, but Jesus. But Jesus came to give you that you would have life. Just the way it was. That you would have life of worrying. That you would have life of doubting. None of that. He says that you would have life, his life. 
the life of love. His life, the spirit of man. And, and, and you're going to have the spirit man more abundantly. Which means when you can cancel out the thief that comes in your mind to kill, steal, and destroy and put your focus on the power that dwells in you, you will receive the abundance that's already there. Abundant peace, abundant joy, abundant happiness. See, see, when you receive that way, you can operate that way. Now you see why he was able to say, we will be back because he was in the spirit of worship, believing that God would do abundantly more than he could ever think. Wait a minute, goodness. I see Ephesians 3.20 coming to life. Because, because it would have been good if God would have gave him a goat at the bottom of the hill and say, go on up there and march on up. That would have been cool. Huh? It would have been cool, but God said, no, I'm going to show you that even when you can't see it, all you got to do is believe it. Oh, goodness. And if you believe it, I'll show up and perform it. And when he got up there, I believe in the spirit realm, he raised up his knife. After he had laid his child, he laid his child on the mat and said, okay, God, he's bound up. Do your thing. And God didn't do his thing. He said, okay, God, I know you're going to do it. So let me just go through the motions here because I am going to obey you. So he took out his knife. And when he raised up his knife, he heard from heaven. I want to tell you something. Just when you think it's over. Oh, just when the worshiper thinks that it's over. God has a plan that he's not going to let life come to an end. He promised you abundance. You will receive abundance. Shout it ain't over. He was determined. He heard from heaven. And and heaven said, I'm well pleased with you. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Abraham was up there. He said, have an ear to hear. Bah. Abraham said, hold up. I see the sacrifice. I hear the sacrifice. But where is it? See, there's one thing you can hear from the Lord. But you're asking, where is it? The thing about it, he was caught up in the thicket. He was caught up in a bush. Uh, on top of a holy hill. I believe the bush was burning on top of a holy hill. But the, the ram, the sacrificial ram was caught up in a bush on top of the hill. And when he went and he was able to take the ram and out and then he made the sacrifice, it was God showing that every promise that I made to you, 
no matter how I direct you to get to the promise, don't get tripped out on where you have to go, what you have to go through. Just know that the promise on your life, what I have spoken to you, that power, that abundance, and every promise that I've given to you is yes and amen. Everybody in here know that the promise of God is wrapped up in your life and you got to be determined to go forward and let God be who he is no matter what it looks like. Give him a praise. Said that David... David said, God said he's a, the apple of my heart. He said, he said, now this David was anointed king. Can you imagine? Anointed king. And the king that's in office is chasing you, trying to kill you. But wait a minute. This is God's favorite because he's a worshiper. But he had to learn how to worship and run. And then he got in a place where he could have destroyed his enemy. And instead of destroying him, he just let his enemy know I was here. But I'm not going to harm you because I'm not sent here to harm. I'm sent here to bless. Oh, goodness. And so David got happy and ran up ahead to Psalms 34 and 1. And said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes. Not when it's good. And not when it's bad. It don't matter. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Everybody going to call me weird. But I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. They may think I'm crazy. But I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Oh, goodness. I hear Paul saying, I am persuaded that neither death nor height, nor angels, nor principality, height, death, anything shall separate me from the love of God who is in Christ Jesus. I'm determined, determined to do it moving. Determined to trust God. And while he does what he does, I'm determined to worship him at all times. Everybody raise to your feet.